0: It's time for New Wine, hosted by Father Timothy Foy and produced by Cassock Media. Father Foy is the sort of homilist you'd love to have in your parish. With a mixture of logic, reason, and humor, Father Foy knows how to get the Catholic Church's teachings across to the common man in a way everybody can enjoy. Now, here's Father Foy. Today, we kind of have a strange mystery. We know that in the book of Ezekiel, God famously says, I do not wish a sinner to die but to turn back to me and live. And in John's gospel, some of the most famous words, John 3.16, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. In John 3.17, it sounds like it gets even better. For God sent the Son into the world, not to condemn the world, though the world might be saved through him. So how do we square those lines with John chapter 9, in today's gospel where we read Jesus saying... I came into this world for judgment, so that those who do not see might see, and those who do see might become blind. Why would Christ say that he came that any might become blind? Well, I was thinking about this game, Pin the Tail on the Donkey. You probably played it as a kid once or twice, where you blindfold somebody and you give them a little piece of fabric that's supposed to be the donkey's tail, and you twist them around in a bunch of circles where they can't see anything. They're kind of disoriented, and have them go to try to put that little tail where they think the donkey is. And they often start going in the opposite direction as where they're supposed to go. And everybody who looks at them kind of laughs because they're just kind of moving in the silly directions. They just stopped. They'd often be closer than veering off into some of these directions. The problem is with the Pharisees, no one is laughing at them. And while they're stumbling around in the dark, they're actually telling people to follow them because they could see, or they thought they could see, the Pharisees thought they could see where they were going. If they could only admit that they were blind, maybe they'd stop going further and further away from the light. Maybe they would listen to the corrections they were being given. We all have some of that blindness. We all have some blind spots. One of the ways to understand how we all became blind in our sin goes back to the Garden of Eden. God said about all creation, it is good. Remember, he says the light was good, the seas were good, the vegetation were good, the separation of the day from the night was good, the animals that they were good. He makes man an authority over creation, and it was very, very good. Now, there were all these kinds of good that Adam and Eve could recognize and appreciate, but with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, while it too was a good, it was a good that was off-limits to them. When they were tempted by the devil, they began to see their inability to appreciate the fruit through eating it was not good. This law was not to their liking. He convinced them that the law was a kind of darkness that they shouldn't have. The temptation of the devil is to take the fruit of this knowledge of what is good and what is evil. You can have this power that God has of determining what is good. But there are different varieties of good. There is what is morally right and wrong, that is, what is good and evil. And those are objective things. They're outside of ourselves. God declared that the seas are good, the vegetation, and so on. And that's what the fruit represents. You know, the the objective truth that that this is good and, and, and whatnot. And then there's what we prefer, what we like, the subjective good. It reminds me of that famous Dr. Seuss book, Green Eggs and Ham, where he starts off saying, I do not like green eggs and ham. By the end of the whole story, he does. You know, our likes and our dislikes, they're subject to change, and they're very subjective, they're internal. Our first parents had already gotten what was morally wrong and what was morally right confused. You know, they took the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which was wrong to do, but they considered it a good. And now we are often ourselves are tempted to make what we merely like or prefer into what we think is morally good or bad. If something squares with my desires, it becomes my good. It is okay for me. If it seems like it requires the path of humility, of sacrifice, any kind of hardship, especially to help out someone else who might even seem unworthy of me, this might be very objectively good, you know, good that anybody could kind of point out, but it might seem objectively bad, even though it's really just bad on me inside and what I like and dislike subjectively bad. And so I declare what's objectively good to be the wrong path. It's not my good. It lies my good lies elsewhere. This is evil. I don't want it. The Pharisees had formulated and codified all their thoughts about what was morally good and morally bad. The problem is that they had begun to follow a path through which the their interpretation of the law enabled them to be considered, they were trying to make themselves be considered good, sometimes at the expense of others. And being considered good, kind of they equated with being good. If other people thought they were good, then they were good. If they thought they were holy, then the Pharisees were holy. Consider the words of the man born blind, uh, but who could see the obvious good, he could see the obvious good in Jesus' healing of his sight. He stands by Christ and defends him, But the Pharisees say, you were born totally in sin, and you're trying to teach us? They determine the man's worth to be not very much. He must be a sinner. And so they believe they find the truth by repudiating his point of view. You know, if he thinks this is good, then we don't think so, because whatever he thinks is good is not good. Christ says that they themselves remain sinful because they deny the good of his works that are before them. Thankfully, all of us who use our preferences for what seems convenient, you know, kind of making up our own new law and our new means of rationalizing all those times where we actually let God down or let each other down, you know, we call that kind of the right path for ourselves. And we become blind. For us in that situation, if we but hearken to this gospel, our blindness too may be lifted through repentance. So the works of God may be made visible also through us. There is something strange, you know, in uh, this miracle today, Christ making mud by spitting in the clay and putting the mud into the man's eyes. Consider this spittle came from the very mouth of Jesus, the very mouth of God. Recall, Adam was made of the clay of the earth. The man began to see things wrongly in his sin. He saw this this, uh, law that God had given him as a boundary, as a separation, as a wall between him and God. Remember the waters in Genesis? They separate the heavens from the earth. Well, now Christ puts water into clay by spitting on it. We could think of him restoring not so much the boundary between God and man, as if the law were a wall, some kind of boundary, but no. Now he's showing the proper relationship of man and God, that is, recognizing that God is the one who determines what is good, not our preferences. He puts into his eyes this clay, that's become mud, and sends him to wash in the pool that means sent. So he sends him to this pool that means sent. And when we admit our need for God, the Holy Spirit sends us to be cleansed from this this stuff we have, this false vision, into true holiness. He sends us to find this true holiness again to repent. And then we are sent again from our healing to be able to love and to serve God with joy. Our struggles, our sufferings, and even our blindness, if we allow God to take care of it and heal it, can serve to teach us and make visible the work of God when we have Jesus Christ. This has been New Wine with Father Timothy Foy. If you've enjoyed what Father had to say, please write a review at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. And remember to tune in tomorrow for the next episode of New Wine. Thank you.